trade services, Lavazi and Book1.co.uk present the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast, episode 580. I'm Adam and listen, and here's Debbie Melrose... It works. Oh. You are now in mental contact with the TARDIS, so don't think anything rude. And Kirby Bartlett Sloan. Probably. Oh, that's one of your more, more interesting ones, Kirby. <laughs> All right, this week, back to normal. No more uh, new who, new, 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 new who to, to um, sort of bung into the episode. We just uh, continue with the journey for a while, at least till May. Uh, and we're on listen. Uh, Isn't that funny? I just said listen as my quote from the show because um, I couldn't be bothered. Even though I've just watched it, literally just watched it, um, couldn't uh, think of another quote from the show. And Debbie's disappeared again. So we'll just pretend she hasn't disappeared and she'll come back on again. She's going to get really annoyed. Um, right. So uh, stuff already coming through on the live feed. Um, nagging mainly. Uh, we have Terry Miles that says, hang on, which order do I do these in? Oh, from top to bottom. Sorry. Lillian Robbins says, hi. Maybe Del Rose says, is he just watching it with, without this week? Is is he just watching it without this week? Lillian, wake up, Adam. I have a bloody wake. Uh, Neil James, good evening, Adam and friends. And then, hi, Lillian. Oh, they're flirting already. We haven't even started the show and they're flirting already. Um, oh, God. Hi, Neil. I feel as if I'm intruding. Uh, then Lillian says... <laughs> Are y'all going to start or not? And then you should plan better. True. I can't deny that one. And then Terry Miles says, Lillian, leave poor Adam alone. He's a very busy chap. Right, where's my belt? Right. Uh, this is for Terry Miles. OK. Are you ready, Kirby? I suppose. Good. You realise we're tr- going to try and bash through this one, don't you? Yeah. I just have to keep reminding you, because I think one day you're going to forget. Forget what? Quiet. That's un- unusual for you. Okay, Forget fine. what? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so the episode begins with the Doctor sat on top of the TARDIS and then says listen, which is uh, a good uh, sort of used to be a while that's, back when I was desperate for listeners. Uh, a that's got to be uh, uncomfortable, sit on that uh, lamp like that. He wasn't sat on the lamp, he was sat on the, sat on the slamp, slanty bit. Okay. Anyway. Um as I was trying to say, obviously, back in the day when I was desperate for uh, people to follow the show and whatnot, um, I'd be, that would have been our motto, listen. Uh, um, and then, of course, when Andy Nunny joined uh, the proceedings, it was listen, fall asleep and snore while doing live uh, pod, uh, podcast links to American conventions. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the doctors and the TARDIS are talking to himself, saying um, that the reason, basically the reason you talk to yourself, because there is actually really somebody there that you're talking to. Uh, and there's a bit of sort of um, wildlife footage of a poor sort of creature getting attacked by a and, lion. And some master, master, some very creative uh, scene wipes there too. The fish. Hey. There, there's a school of fish that uh, makes... They use as a transition between scenes, oh, yeah, which is kind of cool. Anyway, it's got a lot of shots of, of chalk. At one point, when I first saw the chalk, I thought he was going to light up a cigarette, but obviously it was because he was... <laughs> yeah. And he's doing a lot of um, talking to himself, or because there's actually somebody there. Um, 
and he writes the words listen down or somebody does um, he does. next scene is uh, Clara coming to have a, a date with Danny and then shots of her looking a bit gutted there's Danny date Clara looking gutted gutted and back, backwards and forwards because obviously even though at the beginning of the thing um, they're getting on quite well and then, then she sort of puts her foot in it and they have a sort of a fall out and uh, eventually she storms off and Danny bashes his head on the table just like he Do- did in the first time we met him bas- bashing his he head did. it's a theme yes anyway the doctor comes to get Clara who's that not particularly master who, master no the cl- it was Clara not- that restaurant that restaurant no longer exists that they filmed in. Thanks for that. Um, Clara's not enthusiastic about uh, going off with the doctor because she's sulking uh, because of her failed date. Um, and basically, the doctor's harking on about the the, the, the the spooky creature under the bed thingy that uh, everybody has had that that fear of. Uh, you know, but not Master. when you're a child and you think there's something scary under your bed. Usually Master. after watching a program like this, funny enough. Yes? Master, Master, mm-hmm. Master. Now, as I said nine years ago when we discussed this one, um, I've, even then, I had never had that dream and I still have not had that dream. So well, not everyone has had that dream. Well, if, is, is, are there any decent hypnotists in america that can go and see kirby and hypnotize him into having that dream that would probably be the best scenario just so you can experience it kirby and besides there's uh all sorts of uh boxes and stuff under my bed yeah we don't want to know about la 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 la. i don't want to know about what's underneath your bed kirby um (laughs) you're talking about so you made me forget oh yeah did i mention in the last time we did this this episode about the the jesus of nazareth story Yes. When the, the the only thing I had that was similar to the uh, monster under the bed was when I watched Jesus of Nazareth with um, Robert Powell and the scene where the nails go through his hands and feet. And I, I, I couldn't sleep with my legs out that night. I had to tuck them in the, underneath myself. Um, That's about the closest I came to having a you know, monster under the and bed. Yes, you did, you did mention that last I time. I thought I might have done. Uh, anyway, so... I'm and and Debbie it. said, uh, oh, I know what you mean. Did she? Yes. Yeah. At least you actually do listen to the show. I know it's, a, it's obviously a 10-year delay in between us doing the program <laughs> and you actually listening to it. But uh, anyway, so the, the, they uh, Clara puts her hands in the sort of gooey telepathic circuits and uh, um, they arrive at what looks like a children's home and the Doctor assumes it's um, Clara's children's home and won't let her come in because she doesn't want him to meet herself, because apparently it could be cataclysmic, as they always say in Doctor Who, and never is. Um, and he he's still got, Kirby, the sonic screwdriver, he's still got the 11th Doctor's sonic screwdri- screwdriver. Yes. yes. Nothing wrong with that. No, I'm just quite interested. Yeah. If you want to show off sonic screwdrivers, I've got a box full of them down here. Right, OK. I only okay, have... I'm going to show I've off got, sonic got... screwdrivers. I'll eat right. Oh no, that's the master. Oh no, that's the that's the twelfth doctor's one. I don't know if the batteries work. How do you get two, it to work? I've got two it's sides. It's not working. You've got two one, sizes, have you? Oh dear. No, I've got two Sonics. <laughs> They're not, both exactly oh. the same model. One is uh, outside of the box, and the other is uh, mint and box. Congratulations! This is a Sonic screwdriver. Oh god, it popped up. Oh, it's not working anymore. Has someone been messing around with my batteries? It's, all my batteries, my Sonic batteries are dead anyway, so that's the one. 
We got distracted though, didn't we? Yes. Uh, anyway, so the doctor's uh, poking around this uh, house back uh, at a time in which Clara would have been a child, uh, meets a spooky caretaker, um, and says he's doing some sort of inspection and uses the sonic oh, sorry sorry Pester. the um, psychic paper Pester. to convince Pester. the creepy caretaker yes uh the caretaker uh is played by someone named robert goodman right uh he uh, used to do uncredited extra work he was a mandrel in nightmare of eden and he was also in full circle in ark infinity and trial of the time lord you're showing off aren't you kobe it's specific for the isle of wight uh viewers yes i thought it might be i heard that snicker uh anyway so clara goes into very inappropriate clara very inappropriately goes into this little boy's bedroom who's having a bit of a mare and master uh, master yes i i I find it very odd because from the outside of the building when she's looking up at uh danny or rupert uh the windows are one style but then when she gets up to his room where the window is supposed to be the same one he was looking out of. The They open differently. It's a different window. Correct. Well, thank you for that, Kirby. Uh, anyway, so like you say, the little boy's uh, a bit freaked out by being scared about something that's under the bed and something that eventually is in the bed. And what was in the bed was a bit creepy anyway. But anyway, we'll get back to there in a minute. And anyway, she, like you say, she finds out he's, he's called Pink, but his name's Rupert doesn't like his name she hides under the bed and um yeah somebody's under the covers shall we say and uh, then the doctor comes in and uh, um so very creepy a bit creepy with with um danny because he is danny to mind rupert he is danny and he's trying to sort of keep him scared i suppose because he thinks uh, like the adrenaline in his bloodstream will sort of ward off the um the boogeyman and if they turn their back on it it'll ward off the boogeyman even further so that's what they do they look out the window etc etc if i'm missing anything please tell me because i did drift off a couple no. of times because deb was talking to me about stuff that got nothing to do with doctor who Where is deb? while i was trying to um rapid watch this program oh yeah there was a box of soldiers under the bed uh, and uh, clara picked one out and um no she she uh they're not under the bed. They're over on the toy shelf. Oh, well, I do apologise for getting she, that small detail she wrong. She puts them under the bed to protect Danny. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, they go back into the TARDIS, and um, uh, the, uh, uh, Clara asks the Doctor to deliver oh, you, back you to missed the... You missed the wonderful yeah. uh, bedtime story. I'm not going to read out at this stage a bedtime story. When I said to you at the beginning of the show, we're going to sort of run through this episode, aren't we, Kirby? And you said... Once upon a time, the end. Dad kills. (laughs) No. Uh, Right, where do we go? Oh, yes. I just uh, did it. So there. Yes, okay. Delivers uh, Clara back so she can have a second go at her date, uh, and she messes that up too, because she calls him Rupert. She needs to stop, stop seeing this guy. What? She needs to stop seeing this guy. It's just, just not going to work out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she messes it up because uh, she calls him Rupert. It was a bit of a big foot in it, really, wasn't it? And then uh, the um, the orange spacesuit reason where it appears. I think at the time, uh, automatically assumed that was the Doctor, but of course it isn't the Doctor. It's somebody that looks a bit like Danny. It's a, some one of his one of my new pro- one of my two problems with with this is that that spacesuit. How did he get it from uh, that planet around the black hole? 
Maybe he already had the spacesuit and the Doctor just nicked it off a similar spaceship no. at some point. No, oh, because God. when we see the news footage of, uh, of, oh, what's his name? Danny? Uh, Orson, Orson. Orson. When we right, see yes. the news footage of Orson uh, starting on his time travel journey, the yeah. Doctor's nowhere around, and he's wearing that spacesuit. And it's it's got the logo of that the thing that, in the far future. That thing in the far future. I forget the name of the... Uh, I'm not going to look it up because it annoys you. Well, that's you. a relief. Right, anyway. He has got the suit on, and of course... Uh, now they only have one say. suit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, one of Danny's descendants, or what, is it one of Clara's descendants, or oh, both, I don't know. Um, so, that's yeah, my they, other they, he's actually been rescued from uh, the last planet in the last sort of moments of time, etc., etc. Um uh, something to do with the time circuits and the link to Clara, and he's got a little um, little box with a little toy soldier in it, which is a family heirloom. Um, anyway, you said you got a problem with that little section of the show. Um, I've got a little quote down here somewhere. Yeah. Science Master fiction Day. fantasy TV show in brackets Stephen Moffat. Does that cover it? Uh, no. Uh, I'm afraid that, it does. By the way, this, that... Um, Orson's spaceship has his timeship has roundels. Right, like you're saying, because the Titanic has round windows, that means the Titanic's got roundels. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So any other ship, uh, other than the Titanic, no ship. other ships are allowed to have round things on them. It's 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 a, it's maybe it's a proto Titanic. Oh God. <sighs> Maybe it is, but apparently you don't. You're not sort of uh, sort of engaged with this episode, so it, so it doesn't really matter. Moving further f- forward in the in the in the story, if I can find a bit to latch onto, uh, I do spend a bit of time in in Orson's sort of time sort of well, it's a prototype or something like that. Um, and yeah. Orson's Roten Roten, that's good English, isn't it? Written on some airlock thingy. Uh, don't. Um, was it don't open the door uh, just to remind himself um, or Mork calling Orson come in <laughs> Orson uh, anyway so oh, some stuff happens and then oh, I'm just moving stuff forward happens, yeah. oh yeah the doctor what happens to the doctor he, he falls asleep and they can't wake him up so Clara uses the the psychic circuits to, to get them the hell out of there um, yeah. and then, and they then are, the best part of this entire episode happens and then suddenly she's in a in a like a barn sheddy thing with lots of uh, straw on the floor. And to cut a long story short, she's under the bed of the uh, one of the child doctors, obviously. Um, um, being we know what happens uh, to the doctor in regards to the empty child. It's not empty child, sorry. Uh, there's something with a child in it, isn't timeless. it? Timeless, timeless child. Yeah. Like I say, there's always but, some but child this, reference. We didn't have a timeless child thing at this point. I no. still don't believe it's a timeless child. Well, you should and, do because uh, um, RTD's already referenced it in the new um, episodes yes. we've had. So be but, quiet. Uh, but, <laughs> Just because you don't want to believe it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Anyway, uh, it is a bit difficult. Master, master, Hang on, master. let me finish. Let me finish. It's a bit difficult to believe the timeless child thing if you believe the scene we're watching where Clara's under the bed and she grabs this child's legs and it's apparently Baby Doctor. Um, but it's a good scene anyway. It's quite romantic and I do the, like the, the little... uh, director specifically, had, even though you can't see the child, the child actor's uh, hair, mm-hmm. the director had them comb 
the the child actor's hair in the way that William Hartnell had his hair when he was a child. They found pictures. That's a little bit too attention-y to detail, but never mind. Uh, because, of course, um, William Hartnell wasn't the first incarnation of this particular person, according to the you know, the timeless child thing. Back to what I was saying. La, la, so you... la, 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 <laughs> la, it is a charming scene, and I do particularly like the, the bit where... I forgot my word bits I like now, because you, you talked over what I was saying. Uh, oh, yeah, the fact that they, they did do the little flashback later on um, to John Hurt, and, uh, you know, it, it's the same barn in which he nearly, or does destroy everything and stuff like that. Um, and, of course, to Clara's sort of uh, giving um, child partner a bit of a pep talk and tell them how wonderful that they're going to be later on in life da 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 and um, then she sort of makes up with Danny as well all at the same time and then hugs the doctor and the doctor does not like being hugged uh, that's essentially uh, listen right um, oh dear I'm going to try and hang on is Debbie completely gone is she, oh she's messaged I don't know I've got a message from Debbie threw me out again I did not you guys carry on losing the will here sorry well, just me and you then, Kirby. It's a bit well, of a pain, she, isn't it? What she should do is put Skype on her phone. Okay. Oh, that's right. She said she couldn't because yeah. uh, Isla's got it. Okay. Uh, right. So, listen, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not the best thing ever. It's got some nice sort of memorable scenes in it. Like you say, you know, the Gallifrey scene is quite charming. Um... I mean, I know that the 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 Clara haters were going. This is more of a Clara episode than the a Doctor Who episode. But I think it's um, the Doctor's sort of got a bee in his bonnet about something. He's just fo following his sort of little hunch, I suppose, about a certain thing. While the Clara's sort of concentrating on Danny, and there's a bit of a how these two little worlds are going to meet together to create a. A scenario um, which again uh, ends up being relevant because after, after the doctor puts Clara's hands in the, you know, the, the, the telepathic circuits, and she's all she can think of is Danny. It's inevitable, gonna inevitably gonna have a link to him. Um, and it was, I don't think the doctor wasn't the centre of the story, but also I don't think Clara wasn't the centre of the story. So I, I just think there's a certain degree of. Um, Clara hating going on, and because the others aren't on here to disagree, I'm, I feel comfortable and confident enough to, to say that. Um, but like I say, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remember joy, enjoying it the previous time. Uh, I had a, a thought that I, I really, really liked this, but all I actually really, really liked were a couple of elements of it. Yeah, that the, the child scene in, in Gallifrey was really good. Uh, and I had forgotten about that towards the end. And uh, I feel as if there's another scene like that coming up uh, in towards the end of one of these next couple of series in which she ends up in Gallifrey. But, um, yeah, it's, it's OK. It's not terrible. It's not the best. I'd say it's a mediocre story. What would you think then, uh, Kirby? Uh I liked it better this time around than last time around, and I loved it last time around. Uh, oh. it's, it's really, it's really good. It's really, uh, got some interesting, uh, I, it bothers me that the doctor gets so, uh, wound up to, to follow through on this little idea of his, but, uh, it's, it's a good story. Now my, my problems 
one of one of my problems with it now is I mean, at the time we're all going okay yeah eventually uh, Clara and uh, Danny were going to have kids and really? different timeline Kirby different timeline yeah I mean he's dead I'm just going to take a picture uh, of my, my my camera setup with my Polaroid because you won't get to see it if I don't take a picture of it with my Polaroid because I can't take a picture with my camera because my camera is actually currently filming. Carry on. I, I, I keep my old phones and when I replace mm. them and I use them for other things. I could take well, a picture. Congratulations. Ah, uh, okay. So, <laughs> one of my issues with it is the fact that how can they have kids if he's dead? Uh, and He wasn't dead in that timeline, Kirby. <laughs> It's getting better. Oh, jeez. Uh, what was my other one? I don't know. Uh, oh, and and uh, I do have some observations. I think that Orson know, knew perfectly well who she was. It was just deliberately not saying it. Right, okay. And, and the doctor also uh, probably still has that Dan the... Uh, the little uh, toy soldier, he probably still has it someplace because he was given it yes. when he was a child. Okay. Oh, so he, 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 he pretty much knew how things were going to go as well. Uh, ah. Also, the my theory for the last nine years, and I still stick with it, is that there was no monster at the, in the beginning that with the that wrote the word listen. Uh, there was nothing outside the time capsule, and you can tell at the end, you can tell that because if you watch Capaldi uh, or the Doctor, he looks very disappointed when the door opens. Right. Because he's expecting something. Uh, now, there was something on the bed, but it's not a monster. It's a kid. What do you mean under ass. the covers? Hello? Huh? Nobody there? Under the covers in in the under, children's yes, room. Yes. There was a kid, was it? Yes. It's 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 uh, playing a trick. Right. What do you mean that blonde-haired nipper? Hello, anybody I, there? I, I, I don't know. There was a blonde-haired kid. Just one, one of the other kids in the in the home is playing a trick. Okay, we'll give it that. Uh, one. Now there it. there is a theory that it's a, I think it's a floof, uh, which what? is a creature that uh, Moffat created many years before in a short story. Oh, okay. Uh, what about a meep? Could, has, it could be a meep, could not it? Huh? Could be a meep. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's it's the same. It's has the same characteristics that you can't see it and and stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, I'll I tell like you what it. else it could it's be. Not, it could be not... a bastard Narada. True. No, he <laughs> we'd we'd have piles of bones all over the place. <laughs> uh, so it's not. And back in, when we first saw this, a lot of people were saying this is one of the best stories ever. It's not one of the best stories ever, but it is not bad. It's uh, thought provoking. I didn't. I say it was okay. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I just um, it was just one of those sort of. I, I, I liked it. Passenger it's, episodes. It's, it's one of the better episodes of this uh, season series. Okay. 
Um, we've, we've got some real stinkers coming up. Yeah, you keep saying soon. that. Haven't happened yet, but you keep saying that. Anyway, right. So thank you, uh, Kirby. What stuff coming through on the live feed? Uh, Lillian Robin says you were yawning a few minutes ago. Well, I was. I'm tired, Lillian. I've got a lot going on. My mum's uh, got dementia. She's in a care home, and we've got lots of stuff to talk out with the house. And I've got uh, two jobs on, and uh, trying to do a podcast as well. So, um, and I'm old. Uh, so therefore, I'm, I get tired. I'm so older. Let's move on. So it's all a bit all right being Lillian when you're young and um, vivacious and full of energy and not going to fall asleep. Uh, unfortunately, I do feel occasionally a little bit tired. However, I, I plan if uh, I plan hopefully to, uh, to do a little bit of Lego tonight. No, no. Talking of Lego, um, the setup where the the people are watching through the the camera, I've created a Lego gadget to support the camera on top of the computer. That's my phone, by the way. Um, so the, instead of the camera being over there, it's now up there, and I think that's rather ingenious. And that's what I was taking a picture of with my Polaroid, which hasn't developed yet, so I can't show you. Oh, have you? Right. Oh, <laughs> it hasn't developed yet. Okay. Yeah. So um, you're gonna post a. It might uh, develop by, by the end of the episode. No, I'd have to take a picture of it with my phone at the end. Of, oh no, we're moving on. Right then. So you, you um, <laughs> have you done your usual um? Yes. Th- you have. Wait a minute, Kirby. You're on form today. Are you ready? Are you not? Obviously. Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, you are. Uh, we've got, we've I mean, got of course, you're not normally ready. We've got three comments, uh, but one of them is to be ignored as usual. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Mr. M says, "I dug twenty-three wells." Listen by Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Hyde would have been a much better title for this story, but they used that up last year. <laughs> <laughs> this story seems to be loosely, loosely. Inspired by a short story Stephen Moffat wrote for the Doctor Who storybook 2007, which featured creatures called hiders. Mm. Oh, they're called something else. Sorry. Uh, that can't ever be seen, but follow every one of us around for our whole lives. It was a good story. This is a very good episode. Good atmosphere, nice and creepy, with some wonderful moments. The scene with the monster under the bed becoming the monster on the bed is amazing. Some might say that the story maybe not having any monsters at all is a letdown. But works fine enough for me. Plus, I recently showed this episode to a not wee friend of mine, and they said it was the best episode they had seen of the show. Jenna Coleman is hot, yeah. so it makes no sense that Danny. I love her eye makeup in this episode. I forgot to mention that. The same. Sorry, carry on. Jenna Coleman is hot. I just said that. So it makes no sense that Danny's date with her goes badly. No matter how many times over it takes, Mr. Pink is an interesting character. This is probably his best appearance, but the whole Clara Danny story is all very coupling, isn't it? Ha 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 ha. He's referencing uh, Moffat TV series. Oh, and we get to see Clara terrorizing the tiny doctor. Maybe. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I like the use of the barn from Day of the Doctor. I think I'd have to give this one an 8 out of 10, a good effort. Next time, Doctor Who does Hustle. Ah. Uh, Neil James says, listen, I like that they tried something different with this one. It's a great creepy topic for a story, and because of that, it should have been amazing. As usual, Capaldi and Coleman are ace. No, ace is, um, that she's played by uh, yes. Sophie Aldred, I believe. Although, don't like them arguing and her hitting him again. 
but I feel they slightly missed the target, mostly down to the ever-so-dull Danny Payne. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but his character in the performance never really did much for me. Still, there's enough to enjoy, just not quite the belter it could have been. Well, that's better than nothing. Five. Thank you, everybody that bothered to put a little bit of a comment. Did uh, Robert send anything in? Uh, he said something. Hang on, let me get there. Well, while you're getting there, I'll read what the okay, Miles is. It. Are you there already, are you? Yes, of course. Uh, I'm, he's he's missing today. Shari, we're don't in want excuses. Thank you. you. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I record the room. I record is in is a sauna right now. I'm lucky him. I don't have all that much to say about the mummy episode, which I don't know why he's talking about the mummy episode because that's four episodes away. Yes. I hate what they're doing with Capaldi's doctor. They're doing their Damnedest to make his character so unlikable. Clara's getting bossy and the romance barf. Nothing really redeems the episode. Is that it? That's it. Yes. Okay. And the Miles is. Uh, now that's the place to sit and contemplate. Mmm, the doctor talking to himself. Did the TARDIS right listen on a chalkboard? On the chalkboard, sorry. Talk about a nervous nope. date. Mr. Pink seems to be suffering from PTSD. He likes banging his head on tables. Clara should watch out if she has a shower as the TARDIS could appear in any of her rooms. That <coughs> telepathic interface panel was never there before or after this episode. I think it was. Yes, it is there. Yeah. Uh, if Olsen Pink was at the end of the end of the universe, where's a shielder? Yeah. Okay. Um, knowing the future of the program and having seen also the end of Clara's tenure, how can Awesome be Clara's great grandson? Different timeline. There are no, some great lines in this one. He took my bedspread. Ooh, oh, human race, you're never satisfied. She's doing that old eyes thing because her face is so wide. She needs three mirrors. Awesome. You don't want to meet yourself. It's really embarrassing. This was a nice little cerebral horror. Next up, Time Heist, Linda and Terry. Thank you. Uh, right then. Uh, yeah, go on then. Oh, is it, was there something else, Kirby, before I move on to the next? Yes, uh, they, uh, they use, first of all, the telepathic circuits have been uh, referenced even before this one, although mm. we've never seen them. Uh, but they, we will see them again in dark water when it comes around. We've got an interesting email come through. I'll have to read that later. And we've got this. Well, good evening, Tony Edwards. It's Andy Lee here. It's Sunday night. I've got four in the bath. It's four pages to read. So I can have a plow to those before dinner and then uh, back to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Despite what people think, I don't spend all my days in my city in my pyjamas watching Barking Hunt. Anyway, uh, yesterday did Parkrun, did the ironing and uh, watched Listen, which is... um. It's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's a, a story with no adversary, no enemy. There's no uh, no bad guy in it. It's really is a very much a psychological story uh, about the Doctor, about Danny Pink, and about Clara. And it's really you know it does set things up for later in the season or series that um, yeah you know things that come home to roost later on that you don't understand about now. But uh, the interesting bit at the beginning when the doctor walked around talking to himself, and yeah, you mean, you know, you do go around talking to yourself. I mean, I, I do it a lot. Half the time I talk about it rubbish, but uh, that's life, isn't it? But it's interesting the fact, you know, it's uh, 
what he's saying, you know, he starts about that dream about it being, you know, something under the bed. And again, it's uh, it's, it's that terrifying, it's, it's the unknown, isn't it? I think that's what the, the frightening thing is. There's a very good cartoon I've seen about teddy bears protecting children from monsters under the bed for 100 years. And it's a bit like that, isn't it? When you reach out and you see these, you know, the woman and the child, children, and, you know, putting the foot down and then suddenly reaches out under the bed and grabs hold of their leg. It's just a dream that, yeah, I think everyone does have. It's that, that fright of, you know, what's there? Is there something there? You don't know. However, what's interesting, it's showing the relationship with Danny Pink and with Clara that's developing. Now, the bit in the restaurant where uh, Danny makes it quite clear what he's after with, um, yeah, extras and afters. Uh, I do get the impression that um, I don't think Clara would be too averse to it anyway, so uh, I don't think she really took offence at it. But it's interesting, it's showing the, the Danny's PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, I couldn't actually remember what the letters were, but she's showing it as a soldier, you know, what he's gone through. And I think, you know, we do see that more and more, you know, with now the visibility of the effect of warfare uh, on TV, that, you know, how it really does affect people. And of course, me being married to a counsellor, you know, I do know some of the effects that it does have on people. It is, it is quite scary. But it's developing that relationship between Danny and Clara. Of course, we do know it's, it's pretty much doomed, isn't it? Then, of course, we get Orson Pink popping up. You know, who is Orson Pink? I don't think we've actually get to find out who he was, the spoilers. But um, I think I think that's it's again it's a, it's a way of setting things up. It's moving a story forward, and of course we get uh, Clara going and you know, she goes to this uh, children's home. Why does she go? The Tardy sends her there, and of course you know we all realise it's because you know she's obviously linked to Danny instead. Or Rupert Pink, what a great name that is. God, poor bugger. His parents must have really hated him to call him Rupert. Um, but uh, then you, you know, they've got the, the man who walks around, the caretaker or whatever he's, he's going to be, and he puts his coffee down and disappears. And it's um, it's an interesting thing. Again, it's the psychological effects of uh, of the unknown there. And then the doctor's walking around, he's grabbed the coffee from somehow, and he's managed to get hold of this. But then we see the Clara talking to the child, to Rupert. And again, this is showing Clara really is, she's a teacher. You know, she was a governess in one of her other incarnations. And she knows how to talk to children because there really is a way of talking about it. And of course, we get the the, cos, the, uh, the blanket that rises. And you never, we never actually get to find out what that is, do we? And again, that, that's, that, that's what this story is so good at. It is, it is the frightening, the frightening state of things you just don't know what they are. And that's what makes this story so good. And, of course, we see the barn. I forgot about the barn being the one at the moment we're seeing, because then, of course, we see the war doctor with his uh, uh, bag on his shoulder with the moment inside it. Forget about that. And I do wonder, later on, there's the doctor. He's in the in a barn where he's uh, got his spoon and he's uh, been defending himself against uh, other time laws. I can't remember the title of the story now. It's gone completely blank. What if that was the same barn as well? But of course, it's yes. it was that time when they say uh, he'll never make a time lord. So was that the doctor? He's never actually said it is or isn't it. I think you just have to assume that he's the doctor. But what this story really is doing is setting up Clara because, you know, she's now somebody, as we now realise, who has an effect all the way through the doctor's timeline right from the very beginning. You know, setting up, you know, even telling the first doctor which tides to go and use. And that's what this story does so well, so cleverly. I know it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. It really was quite much of a Marmite story because people want to see a bit of action, a bit of you know, an enemy, someone they can see fighting against and not just something that's purely psychological. But from my point of view, yeah, I did like it. I did enjoy it. I think it moved on and it, I said, it did set the story up. So, uh, yeah, from all of you, it was good. So until next week then.
Busy. Uh, that was Andy Nunny. I was going to say everyone, but it's only you, me and you, Kirby. Yeah, the uh, the story he's referring to that where the doctor goes back to that same barn yeah, is hell bent. Okay, I'm, I referred to that too. <laughs> Hello, 20 Megabyte Podcast. This is Ian Kerr. Hurrah! <laughs> Listen, my Stephen Muffet. I'm against the hugging. <laughs> In this story, the TARDIS has a squishy telepathic interface, which we will never mention again. <laughs> yes, we will. There is a circular cause and effect. The Doctor suspects he might never be alone. He gets Clara to help him investigate. She hides under his childhood bed, which causes him to suspect he might never be alone. We never get to see the person on the bed in Danny's room, nor the creature outside the space base. Clara hides under Danny Pink's bed, then the child doctor's bed. Both Danny and the doctor grew up in some kind of children's home. A story that refers to itself, and a never explained menace, left me unimpressed. We previously reviewed Listen on 20 Megabyte episode 238. The discussion digressed to a discussion of Disney. And all those years later, they are distributing Doctor Who. Ruby is not a Disney princess, though. (laughs) Much too late, I thought of a pun. Osgood, (laughs) unit scientific advisor, had a Zygon twin. They could be referred to as Osgood and Osbad. Oh dear. This is my 500th feedback. Hey! Oh my goodness! Do you want to know a secret? Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, I, there was something in there I didn't quite agree with. Uh, apart from the, the telepathic circuits, which. Uh, um, our cover says it's uh, telepathic circuits could be used to send messages telepathically to other people. The third doctor u- once used them in time law uh, to send the time laws a message about the master's alliance with the Daleks when both sides tried to trigger war between Earth and Draconia. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, I think there was also been used elsewhere in Doctor Who too. But yes, we'll have to look yeah. it up. I, I know I I'm fairly you. confident they were used or did appear. Again, but we'll look up. We'll look out for it, won't we, Kirby? The next time we yes, see they, this. they, they, um, like I said, they will be using them in dark water. Yeah, and she's gonna stick her fingers in them. And well, also, and, the and 13th the circuits. doctor, the thirteenth doctor used telepathic circuits uh, as well, yeah. but they look different because of the that weird interior of the TARDIS. Okay. Well, they were used twice. We in always loved proving people and wrong, don't we? Battle of Rancor of Colos. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't think I see one of the things coming through on the live feed. We have. What have we got here? Um, this story is an average one for me. The Gallifrey bit is the best part. Danny Pink is boring. Uh, oh, excuse me. And the creatures from Moffat's short story are called Floofs. Um, right. Uh, so we can move on to the next segment of the show, which uh, we're racing. The Is that who on UK? Um, OK, well, we could do that, I suppose. I haven't actually secured any sponsorships from our, our longtime sponsors, but I don't mind bunging in a freebie, Kirby. Um, <laughs> 
whoon.go.uk, latest products, Escape the Daleks. Now, this is an Isle of Wight. Anybody um, that probably isn't watching on the um, Isle of Wight Doctor Who page, um, who won uh, a Isle of Wight company, just saying. Yeah, so Escape the Daleks uh, as a thrilling original adventure from the third Doctor Who's played on TV by John Pertwee and his companion, Joe Grant. Um Dalek Invasion minifigures. I know, obviously, if, if anybody shops in B&M, B&M quite regularly have a good set of Doctor Who um, figures and whatnot. Uh, but these minifigures are the smaller Daleks. You've got a good range of Daleks in that set, to be fair. It's quite nice. £14.99 available from whoone.go.uk. Four coaster set, uh, also. Quite cheap and 10 quid. Well, 9 99 Star Beast by Gary Russell. Um which looks like a paperback book. Uh, Wild Blue Yonder by Mark Morris. Uh, it's also a paperback book. And Giggle by James Goss, a paperback book. So they're quite exciting if you like your novelizations of uh, televised Doctor Who stories. Aren't they, Kirby? Yes. Oh, OK, I'm glad you're, everybody's listening. Um, not really relevant to the, the title of this show. Eighth Doctor, this is stuff coming out that on pre-order. Eighth Doctor in the bleak midwinter. It's a big Finnish story. Uh, Church on Ruby Road. Uh, again, it's a hardback book. It might be worth getting for collection purposes. Eleventh Doctor Chronicles Five Everywhere and any sorry Everywhere and Anywhere. Um, uh, it's an audio CD. Also, as is. First Doctor Adventures, Fugitive of the Daleks. There's quite a few here. I'm not going to read them all out. Paternoster Gang, Trespassers 1, uh, Seventh Doctor, Last Day 1, uh, Tenth Doctor Chronicles 2, Defender of the Earth. There's quite a lot of uh, audio adventures coming out on Big Finish that are also available to buy at whoon.co.uk. Now, Lavazi, I wonder if they've got a sale on. Am I doing this um, lonesome, Kirby? Because you seem to have drifted away. I was uh, researching. Um, well, I've got the Christmas stuff still available. Um, I don't know if they've lowered the price on those. I don't think they have, to be fair. Doctor Who merchandise, including Fourth Doctor scarves, uh, uh, Season 18 and 12. Uh, obviously, the hats and the Fourth Doctor scar, uh, ties, the Seventh Doctor uh, pullover with the question marks on it, which is such good fun, and the Fifth Doctor cricket jumper. Loads of stuff like that at uh, lavazi.go.uk, where they also have a really good blog where you can submit and read fan fiction. So there you go. And I won't mention anything about uh, um, past and present writers of Doctor Who being uh, originally uh, fan fiction writers before they became <laughs> professional story writers. He, I was right, Nicholas Briggs, before you got in the right huff about it many years ago. Uh, right then, yes, um, Kirby, you were about to say something. No. No, okay, you won't. That's unusual for you. Normally you can't be stopped to say anything. But we'll carry on. The Doctor Who news. Hopefully we'll have the, the final um, ratings. But it says season 15 comes to Blu-ray. The BBC has announced that the next season of Doctor Who to be released on Blu-ray is season 15, first broadcast looks, in 1977. It, looks it does. And notice nowadays, unlike the old, when good old Reese Parton was on the show, we can get through saying season something or other without no series. Um, <laughs> that seems to it be that the, <laughs> the season appears to be the, the the accepted term for a series. Yeah, right. I don't know why they oh, why they uh, have done that. 
because it should be series. Okay. But the thing that that uh, irritates me about these collections is that they're British only. And it's gonna be years before. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm all for that. And and the and by the way, the little video, the the announcement video for it, uh, a lot of people are saying this is the, what is happening with Leela in that is canon, and I agree. I haven't watched it, but it's nice to see that they they've done um, Louise Jameson up uh, as an older Leela. Of course, Louise Jameson currently in Emmerdale, so it's nice that she came out of Emmerdale to do that. I'd love to be able to get her to FancyCon, but the others wouldn't won't agree. Uh, but never mind. I, I think she's a nice lady. Uh, the amount of times we've chatted to her and had her on the show and whatnot, and uh, because we have uh, uh, nobody from the Isle of Wight Doctor Who fans page watching, uh, but I will play a few uh, famous jingles that we've had from guests on the show over the years in a moment that, that's going to be fun kirby isn't it okay yes. fair enough right church on ruby road official ratings 7.49 million viewers the episode was third most watched program on british television for the week ending 31st of december uh, the only programs to beat doctor who were the new year's eve fireworks and the christmas day edition of call the midwife that's pretty good, really, um, and um, and that's about it. Because uh, we then come back to the uh, the dot two magazine, which you can get at who one dot co dot uk. with Shooty on the cover. So there we go. That's Doctor Who news. And as I was promised before we talk about uh, some of the things we watched this week that I can actually remember referring to, because um, I don't think I've watched anything other than Lego Masters and uh, uh, Mars Singer and stuff like that. Um, is some jingles uh, featuring famous voices from Doctor Who. Here's the first one. This is Andrew Cartmel, and you are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Here's the second one. Hi, I'm Andrew Smith, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Uh, here's the third one. Come on. Hi, I'm Caitlin Blackwood, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Here's the fourth one. Hello, I'm Colin Baker. You, you lucky people, are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast, the best podcast on the pod. Fifth one. <laughs> this is Daphne Ashbrook, and you are listening to 20 Megabyte podcast. Don't miss it. It was so, so fun to have her on, those, what, two or three times? Mm. This one's relevant to this series. My name's Ellis George, and you are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Oh, I thought you were going to comment on that, so, so I, could, yes. I could work my way down to the next one. It is. Hi, this is Jessica Martin, and you are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. And? Hi, everybody. I'm John Barrowman, and you are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. And? Hi, this is Louis Jameson, or Louise Jameson, listen, and you're listening to the 20 Megabytes uh, Doctor <laughs> Who podcast. Rah. And this one? This is Nabil Shaban, and you are yeah. listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> I'm a McGann, but probably not the one you're expecting. And you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. This is Peter Davison, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Uh, oh, is it this one? Hello, this is Simon Fisher-Bagger, and welcome to the 20 Megabyte podcast. 
This one? What kind of podcast would that Hello, be? Hello, my name is Sophie Aldred, and you, yes you, are listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. And this one? This is Sylvester McCoy, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. This one? So- uh, this is Toby Whithouse, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. And uh, there was another one, this one. Uh, hello, my name's Toby Haydock, uh, which will probably excite and annoy in equal measure. You're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Continue so to do. I thought there were more, you know. I might have missed some. Maybe there's some I haven't actually done yet. But there's some really good ones in there, Kirby. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's this recorded, one, the first I ever one. several of those. The first ever one. Hi, this is Fraser Hines, and you're listening to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Now, the good thing about finishing with that one, of course, is that um, Fraser is coming to Fantasy Con 4 uh, on the 29th. No, yeah. sorry, the 19th. The 19th. Way, of, oh, come on. How can you t- talk over me plugging Fantasy Con? Right, that's going to be a definite. Uh, uh, where's me doing? Uh, uh, Carry on. <laughs> I'll start again. Right. Uh, yeah, so Fraser Hines, who's going to be appearing at Fantasy Con on the 19th of October this year. That's 2024, if you are listening to this show in the future. Anyway, right, yes. Um, yes, Kirby, go on. Uh, I was going to say that I just checked Alice, Alice George's um, IMDb, and she is still acting. And you don't do all that stalking? No, I call it looking up <laughs> IMDb information. <laughs> You know, I have actually got um, some other ones that obviously haven't haven't actually removed from the original interviews, like Clive Mantle and people like that. Oh yeah, and um, Clem So. Uh, and I really do need to get some work done behind the scenes on this show. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'd like I'd like to see something again, like you did about ten years ago. Oh god, here we actually, go. it was about eleven years ago. You did a YouTube video showing the making of... No, I'm not the... going to do that again. I'm too busy. Uh, we got some stuff <laughs> coming through fun. on the live feed. Hurrah, hurrah. Um, Chris Kane says, I'm looking forward to the season 15 Blu-ray. Do we have a release date yet? Well, I should have looked that up. I'll see if it is. Good point, Chris. Uh, it says... I'll have to play some lift music while I look it up. I should read the whole article. <laughs> Um, it doesn't actually say. Let me see. It doesn't say. Wait, can you see uh, it, Kirby? Why? Why then? It's available for pre-order. Yep, I was ready for, uh, but it doesn't say the release date, and all all says it's on so, it is loads of other bumps, uh, which is a long well, list I again. Click on the on the pre-order because it's. Uh, I don't want to have it go to Amazon.co.uk yeah. and see if it says there. Okay. Well, sorry, Chris. I don't know. It's very tantalising, isn't it? Um, we've also got uh, a Chris saying, "I'm here," and then Chris saying, "I reckon March sometime." Yeah, I reckon you're probably about right. Oh, I'm not okay. a Blu-ray sort of uh, person. I have got a Blu-ray player, but I can't seem to get it connected to the telly because it seems to be on a different frequency to the Skybox. But uh, we should really do so. We've got so many DVDs that we bought over the years and never play. Probably because you can watch them all on Netflix or Paramount Plus or Disney Plus or somewhere else, you know. So, um, and the BBC iPlayer does have a couple of films on there that it's recently had on that you can you can go and watch and stuff like that. It's really quite good. Have you ever thought of getting the iPlayer, Kirby? Why would I get iPlayer? I don't uh, understand. <laughs> you fell into that one, didn't you? 
Okay. Um, yeah, what we watched this week. So, yes, um, like I said, I've watched, we sort of watched, oh, Traitors, of course. Oh, my God, that's such a good show. What that's is show. that? Someone explain. Oh, God. You want me to explain it? Yes. Okay, right. There's uh, 20 odd people that they bung into a, a house in Scotland and um, then they put them around the table, blindfold them, and then in our version of the series, um, what's the name? Claudia Winkleman uh, walks around and around the table until she decides to touch three or four of them on the shoulder. And those three or four people, obviously, they know that they're the only ones that know that they've had they've been touched on the shoulder. But those four people are traitors. But they have to infiltrate and become faithful, which are the ones aren't picked for traitors. And they, the faithful have to then root out the traitors. So it's uh, lots of skullduggery and while, while they're doing the series they do tasks to earn money that either the traitors or the faithful at the end of the series once everybody's been sort of kicked off through voted off by the, 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 the people around the table or been murdered overnight by the actual traitors um, they um, end up with uh, some people at the end of the series and if there's a traitor left in at the end of the series they win the money whatever uh, but if the traitors get found by the end of the series then um, the remaining faithful wins the money it's something like that but it's it's an absolutely excellent series uh, America has done two of the, of the series now I know that um, what's his name it was, uh, the, uh, who played King James uh, the Scottish actor been in the Marvel um, X-Men movies can't remember his name anyway he, he uh, hosts the American pardon I can't remember his name. He hosted the American version of the series, uh, and there's also an Australian version as well, and they're all really, really Alan good. Th- like I said, the only annoying thing about the Australian version is that Australians can't say the word traitor, because uh, apparently everybody on their version of the series sells something, because they, they call them traders. They just cannot <laughs> say the word traitor. I know yeah, Americans they, have... The, the actor you're talking about is Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming, that's right. Um... I know Americans have the problem saying the old English word here and there, but Australians, I mean, the letter T, it's quite easy to say in it. But when it appears twice in a word, obviously it's a problem for Australians. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, they, uh, uh, where are we Apparently the, the US version is available on Peacock, but I no longer uh, have a subscription to Peacock. Well, I do apologise. Have a look at it on YouTube, because I found um, one series of Lego Masters on YouTube, which was a good uh, segue, because obviously I've been watching a lot of uh, Lego Masters Australia for the last couple of weeks. I'm up to Series 3. It's a brilliant show, um, and it's available in the UK on uh, More 4, uh, along with the New Zealand version, the American version, and the British version, which I haven't watched yet, because it doesn't look very good. Um, what else have we been watching? Uh, we've been meaning to go to the cinema. Haven't done so yet, but a plan to ASAP. And The Crown finished that off uh, last week. Uh, almost been watched it, really. And that's uh, uh, about it, really. Uh, oh, um, that series on Disney Plus about Wrexham Football Club. Uh, been picking up a few episodes of that here and there as well. Uh, so that's about it. What about you, Kirby? Uh, I haven't really been watching any actual TV, just mostly uh, the usual things that I watch on YouTube. Um, we got, uh, this household got hit by COVID. Did it? Finally. Well, bad luck. And uh, so, everyone except me. Oh, well, why am I not surprised about that? <laughs> so, so uh, 
I've even been sleeping down here in the basement to stay away from the. <laughs> That's the opposite of what happened <laughs> to me when I got COVID. I was I was huh? uh, banished from the rest of the house when I had COVID. Felt really ill and then uh, wasn't able to have any sympathy or anything from other members of my family. Awful. But, uh, everyone's uh, slowly getting better. Uh, my wife tested negative yesterday. Hooray! Uh, the the uh, girls who live in this house are both still testing positive, but I think they're getting better. Uh, a couple of FantasyCon tidbits, which I haven't been uh, uh, published on the FantasyCon website or on the page. Uh, obviously, along with Fraser Hines coming along, we've got Jenny Linden returning after five years. Um, we've also got Quivers, who is a, a local drag artist who uh, won't be singing at the event because uh, she's... Uh, conserving her voice for a gig in the evening but she's a massive Doctor Who fan and I will be publishing a photograph of her in a TARDIS dress uh, one of which she may or may not have performed in in the past um, so that, of course we've got the Joker squad uh, coming along, can't really do the event without them So, and we have, uh, we're expanding the Lego zone uh, so we're going to have a, a best build competition uh, at the Lego uh, zone as well so there's bits and bobs Are you entering falling it? into place, what did you say? Are you going to enter the uh, contest yourself because of your You build? do realise... You're busy. How can I enter a cosplay competition at my own event? <laughs> You've gone quiet. Uh, well, what I will we'll say, though, is that although Paul Wilson originally um, uh, said he'd host the cosplay competition, uh, we, we managed to secure Robin Flux, who is the, probably the best cosplay competition host on the Isle of Wight. Uh, I did tell Paul this, but he didn't respond, so I hope I haven't upset him. Um, we've got Chris Kane coming on the live feed saying, Love Jenny Linden. Would be great if you could get Roberta Tovey. It would be, but I'm not going to. Because, sadly... I'm not allowed, I have a limit to the amount of Doctor Who guests I'm allowed to book because it's not a Doctor Who convention. Well, you, you, you bring in the Doctor Who people uh, under the excuse that they've been in other things. Yes, I know. That's one of my ploys. So what we do, we try and get someone in who um, is maybe better known for something else uh, and then say, oh, but I didn't realise they were in Doctor Who. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so that, that that is sort of, but the provisos we were getting them in as a, a, in relation to we could do that with Sylvester McCoy if we had enough money to get him. Uh, we could say, oh, we get Sylvester McCoy because he was in you know the Hobbit movie, the Hobbit, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was in Doctor Who as well. That's clever, isn't it? But you know, yeah. But we got to be careful because uh, uh, as a committee of four, only two of us are Doctor Who fans. The other two haven't got a scooby doo about Doctor Who and don't give a tinker's cuss <laughs> about it. So it does rather make it a bit tricky. So. But it's early, early days, and uh, there's uh, feelers going out left, right, and centre for really good guests for the for the event. But um, I'm sort of more interested about the the food vans, which we've managed to uh, secure so far. Uh, you, potentially you, a coffee van. I still say you ought to bring in a fan guest of honour from America. Mm. Yeah, okay, we'll get uh, Ken Deep. That's a good idea. And I'll see if I can get <laughs> Ken Deep to come over. <laughs> anyway, so next time, Kirby, what have we got next time? Next episode, you should know this because you're an expert on Doctor Who. Give me a second to get there. Good grief. Next, uh, next got time is time heist. Time heist, that's it. We've got to also get you, you to come pop over and fix Debbie's internet because the fact that she was going to be on the show this week was was quite um, quite pleasant. She came down the shop and told me she was going to be on the show. We'll have to get Debbie to 
test her Skype a few hours before the show. Yes. Maybe. Except I tested my Skype uh, last week. And I didn't test my Skype at all. It still failed. Chris Gaines says, I had no idea you had a limit on Doctor Who guests. Yes, I um, were not allowed to have more than, according to Debbie, two Doctor Who guests. It makes it a bit awkward because I already have two. So Jenny Linden's not there on the back of being in a Doctor Who movie. She's actually there on the back of being um, a, a BAFTA-nominated actress uh, for Women in Love uh, and being uh, in stuff with uh, Tony Curtis and um, uh, Robert Moore, i.e. The Persuaders, and a few other bits and bobs of that era. So she's been she's done lots and lots of stuff. Um, uh, so that's that's she's falling into another category. So that then brings me down to the one um, Doctor Who guest so far. Okay, it's a bit yes. of a, polit- uh, a background political thing uh, because uh-huh. we became a Comic Con. <laughs> We were already a Comic Con at the time. Fantasy Con number one was a Comic Con, but the idea was it was a Comic Con loosely based around Doctor Who. Because uh, yes. Doctor Who is a comic subject. So Marvel originally produced That's the Doctor hilarious. Who magazine. Uh, Stanley d- did Doctor Who comic strips. So there are links. But anyway. So, uh, yeah, so hang on, I'm just checking what I'm up to next Sunday, Kirby, because I did say to you, didn't I, that uh, there was something coming up on our Sunday this uh, forthcoming week. Uh, I just noticed. Uh, not next week, though. So uh, it looks like we're okay for next week, unless I get a photo uh, shoot job come up. I've just noticed well, on the video that I've got a bit of hair sticking up from the top of my head. Uh, and that, the fact that uh, the remarkable part thing about that is I'm supposed to be bald, but there it is there. Look, why is that sticking up like that? very irritating never noticed that somebody could have told me why did I have to notice that to myself there it is that was it on this side maybe it's on this side just see it sticking up on top of my head there. anyway so uh, okay so the the uh, 21st we are doing time heist got it yeah in theory right is that picture developed yet it sort of has I'm going to put it up to the camera well, uh, I thought they were supposed to develop very quickly not new Polaroids, no. New Polaroids, because they, because the Mr. Land took the the formula with him when he closed the original. Uh, you can see it. That's that's a little Lego construction with my phone on top of it. Um, yeah, Mr. Land took the uh, the original formula for the the development of Polaroids with him to the grave. So uh, scientists at Polaroid had to basically work it out from scratch, and the best they could do was a film that really develops in about half an hour and but give it a day and it's it's actually developed really really quite well I, I, there's this picture of Odie I took um, if I were to bring it up there uh, a few days ago uh, and after a, a good few days it's actually developed quite nicely Here okay. he is what you need to do is uh, when we're done and you're no longer using your phone for the purpose you're using it is uh, take Use your phone to take a picture of the picture and post the picture so I can see it. I could do that, yeah, but whether I can be asked to do it or not is another thing altogether. Because um, I've now got to try and throw this show together, put it out uh, tonight. Uh, otherwise, I'll probably forget to do it during the week. Oh, so I, I can uh, go ahead and put the uh, episode number and release date in the spreadsheet. Well, you should have been doing that for the last few weeks because it's something I've been doing for the last... Yes, I noticed that. So this is episode 580, I think. Yes. 579 went out the same day. 578 went out the same day. 
I am updating updating the spreadsheet. You don't have to do that while we're actually recording. You can. No. Right? We don't. Oh, and, and I, I guess I need to remove Debbie's little check mark because she wasn't on. No, she wasn't on at all. <laughs> Once I started the show, she disappeared, which is very, very disappointing. Um, but anyway. So, like uh, Kirby says, next time, I would say next week, next time is time heist. Um, I will say, and I don't normally say this, that I don't seem to remember liking it very much. But we'll see if I have changed my opinion on it. Um, I I barely remember anything about it, except it's got one of, uh, I think it's, Moffat has this tendency of having these, these, Women leader characters who all look the same. Okay. Maybe so. All right, then. Um, we'll have something come through on the live feed, Kirby. Are you prepared for this? this is, I'm really looking forward to the answer to this question. So are you are you braced? This, I think, actually, Kirby, this is actually the first question you've been directly asked on the show in the last 15 years. So are you ready? Okay. Chris Kane says, can I ask who Kirby is, please? It's me. <laughs> oh, I'd really hoped you were going to come out with more dynamic answer than that. I don't know what what he wants to know. Uh, Kirby is a uh, originally a contributor to the show back in 2010, who won a competition uh, uh, to win some jelly babies, and then we haven't been able to get rid of him ever since. He's also a stalker of other Doctor Who podcasts and managed to wor- <laughs> manages to worm himself into other Doctor Who podcasts at on a, a, a regular event, and we call it moonlighting, don't we, Kirby? Um, yes. Yes. And, uh, and the other I'm, thing I'm, that probably falls that further down the list, he's a Doctor Who fan. Is that correct? Yes, for a long time. Uh, and he lives um, uh, in America. Damn, I was going to come up with a silly thing to say then. America, because yeah, that's just uh, 25 miles away over the pond. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was four, four hours away uh, in, in regards to timelines. Yes. We're four hours behind, aren't you? Something like five. That. Five hours. Oh, five hours now, is it? Okay. And he's not yes. very good at... Um, when the clocks go back and forwards, he tends to make a bit of a meal. That of, happened uh, once. <laughs> happened once during a convention, that, yes. <laughs> you'll never let me forget that. The same way we won't let uh, someone forget. I don't know whether it's on a par with Andy falling asleep during the, the link-up or, or, or better. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it was funny. Um, right, so, yes, so next time, Time Heist. Uh, for those who uh, were put up with us this week and listened to the show, uh, thank you for doing so. Uh, please continue to do so. If you want to send some emails into the show, it's 20mb.feedback at gmail.com or just join the 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast Facebook group, which you can join um, and uh, just send in comments on Kirby's request for feedback. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye, fancy pants.
The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast is an APV Services production, sponsored by whoone.co.uk and lavazi.co.uk. We are proud members of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Doctor Who is a trademark of the BBC. No copyright infringement intended. The music on this podcast is covered by limited online music license from PRS for Music.